Blog Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. Good evening, Inside Acting family. Tonight, my guest is Hollywood veteran Allie Walker, who has appeared in such TV hits as Longmire, Sons of Anarchy, Santa Barbara, and Profiler and movies such as Universal Soldier and While You Were Sleeping. She is currently portraying Captain Ava Laffrey of the Bureau Underground, which investigates the paranormal on Fox TV's Ghosted. She stars on that show with the hilarious Craig Robinson and Adam Scott. The show is currently in its winter break, and its time slot is Sundays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Check your local listings. Allie has also written and directed a film called Sex, Death, and Bowling. Uh, It starred uh, Adrian Grenier and also a documentary about the foster system out there in L.A. entitled For Norman, Wherever You Are. Now, you can find out uh, more about uh, Allie by going to www.alliewalker.com. Or follow her on Twitter, at AllieWalker1, that's with two L's. Or you can find her on Facebook. So without further ado, I give you Allie Walker. Good evening, Allie. Welcome to the program. <laughs> Quite an introduction. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Oh, absolutely. So what's been the fan reaction out there to Ghosted? I've been really positive, actually. I mean, you know, the guys are so funny, and all the characters are so different and kooky, and uh, it's just been a lot of fun, and people seem to really like it. It's done really well in the ratings, and and we're, you know, we're really happy about it. So, knock wood, you know? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, I want you to talk about your typical shoot day on the show. Well, I usually get up... You know, in the beginning of the week, we start off pretty early. I get up at about 4.30 and get to the set somewhere around 5, 5.30. And we go through, you know, makeup and hair, sorry, hair and makeup, whatever you want to call it. And um, then I just, you know, we go in and we start blocking scenes and we start shooting. It's, it's pretty fast and furious, but there's a lot to do. And I'm, you know, I love the guys on the crew and I love the rest of the cast. It's a really fun group. And um, it's a comedy, so there's a lot of laughter and goofiness and it's a lot of fun. So... Then I get done, and, you know, I usually work a 12-hour day, maybe 14 if there's a lot of work, and um, I head home. So I get home, you know, about 5 or 6 that night and uh, do the same thing the next day. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, the the the, the pace is just uh, so fast uh, for TV. I mean, did you get to do more than one take? Oh, yeah, yeah, we get more than one take. I mean, we do it until we get it right, usually. But, you know, when you're working with people like this, everybody's – you know, really good at what they do. It's it's not like it's not like film where you have a lot of time, so everybody's aware that they have to be kind of on it and know what they're doing. And you just you know you go in to do the work and you shoot, and you get in, and you get out. And uh, everybody's you know we're all we're all vets. We all kind of know what to do, so it's really fun. And if there are things that need to be changed or stuff that doesn't work, we talk about it. And you know the directors help us, and and the writers come out down and they're there a lot, and they help us. And you know that's that's how we do it. Fantastic. So, 
You got to yeah. talk about your your audition process to get that show. You know, I had an audition for a really long time. Um, I just, you know, tend not to audition if I can get offers. Um, and this was a very sought after show. It was a really great comedy, and I think people were really interested in getting it. So they said, no, you got to come in and audition for this one. And because, you know, I've done a lot of, I, I've done comedy, but I've done more drama in the last, you know, 10 years. Um, and so I just tend to try to get off book as much as possible. And, uh, yeah. You know, it's like anything. You just take in the considerations of the character, the situation, and and you have to believe it, you know. And if you believe it, they believe it. So I just work hard on, on understanding what I'm playing, who I am, what the situation is. You know, I go in the room, and I've been doing this for so long that it, it's not as – as a young actress, it was really always kind of harrowing, especially when you have to do emotional stuff and things like that, or, or comedy where you have to hit your – you know, you have to have timing. Um but I kind of tend to look at it now more of a, a something that's fun to do. And I think I wish I'd looked at it as more fun when I was younger, but I always had a good sense of, eh, if it's not this one, it'll be the next one. And sometimes you, you know, sometimes you hit it and sometimes you don't. You just do the best you can and, and don't worry about the outcome. Sam Jackson said that, you know, it's just an opportunity to go in there and act, basically. That's, yeah, that's, that's what really it what it is. Yeah. That's really yeah. what it is. You know, you're just getting another shot at acting. And, you know, as you know, there's so few people that really get to do this and, and, and do it, you know, c- continually. And, and to, to just not to try not to psych yourself out. You know, it's really hard when you're young and you're trying to make a name for yourself and you're really, you know, you have to pay the rent. Um, and I get all that. You know, I'm not really at that point in my life anymore, but I was, you know, and I realize how hard that is. But, you know, any opportunity to, to act, and to get in, up in front of strangers and do it is an opportunity to grow. So you've got to kind of look at it like that. Right. Now, Allie, has it really changed over the years? I mean, because I've heard it said that, uh, you know, the, the directors and everything will say, oh, well, we're not going to give a person a role. We're not going to say to ourselves, that person can really memorize, you know, just go in and kind of do like a warm read. But it seems like it's more of a trend now. And I think I heard um, Sam Jackson and some other actors talk about this too, where it's like, you know, now they're expecting you to come in there and, and get that thing close to a, a real performance and, you know, really be off book. Yeah, it used to be that people would really tend to work with you more, the director would work with you more. There was more of a chance to kind of um, play with it, especially in film, which is where Sam comes from. Um, yeah. You know, and when I used to do film, you know, things were half-baked sometimes, and they'd be like, well, what are you going to bring to it? In television, personally, for myself, it's always been a a finished product, and you have to go in and make it, you know, kind of happen. So I think TV is a much, you know, TV, you don't have four months to do a couple scenes. You have, you know, uh, two hours. So it's it's a different medium, and for that, I was very used to knowing that I had to be, as good as I could be when I hit the floor, you know, when the camera was on, I was like, okay, I got to nail it. So I, I kind of mm-hmm. don't think that way. When I was doing movies more when I was younger, it was kind of like that. You could discuss things and kind of find things. And I don't think that's the way it is anymore. And there's, you know, there's, there's, it's very competitive, you know, it's a very hard gig, you know, you have to really be on it. So I would say give yourself as much support as you can and really, really know what you're doing when you go in the room and just do it for everything. Now, if they say in a movie, you know, or in an audition, we want it slightly different. 
then you got to readjust. You got to be really good at going, okay, I got to do this. I got to back off that and do this and make adjustments. And that comes with practice. You know, again, it always goes down to it's just a chance to act and you just do the best you can, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Allie, yeah. I'm going to yeah. put you on the spot here with a hypothetical. Okay. So now, which would you which, which would you rather have, five years on Ghosted, or an Oscar? Uh, you know, I don't really think like that. I, I, I don't know. I just always, I don't really do that. You know, it's weird. I've always had this thing where I'm like, look, we all want an Oscar. We all want to be recognized for our work. But at the end of the day, especially as I've gotten older, I just want to do good work. I just want to have fun doing the work. I don't want it to be. Something that is like, you know, I have a lot of fun on Ghosted so far, and I had a lot of fun on Profiler. I had a lot of fun on Sons of Anarchy. You know, I don't think like right. that. I was always kind of a character actress in, in the body of a sort of an ingenue, and I really am enjoying playing various parts and being different people. That's kind of why I went into it. So, um, yeah, would I love an Oscar? You bet your booty I'd love an Oscar, but... You know, there's something about being on a show and having a family to go to and having people that you love and that are there for you and you get to do fun stuff with them. That's kind of great, you know. i got to be honest with you. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So now I know you were on uh, Longmire, and that went to uh, Netflix. Was there a difference between kind of the – you know, the production values and, and the atmosphere on a Netflix show as compared to a, a, you know, like a major network television show? Um, well, when you're talking, yeah, it's, it's not really. It depends on the show on Netflix, you know. It's like doing indies and doing bigger productions, you know. They're all going to have varying budgets. You know, it always, always comes down to the budget, actually. So, you know, I really have not worked on, you know, I mean, Look, TV by and large is, you know, the, the networks usually have a lot more to spend on the production in TV. They just do. They have a lot more money. But all of that's changing. And I think that, you know, people like Netflix and the – but, you know, they're into quantity. They want to do everything. So they right. have lower budgets until you hit it big. But, you know, it really – it doesn't reflect – it may reflect in the production value of a piece. I don't think it necessarily has to reflect in the, in the acting or, you know, writing of a piece. I don't think that says anything to that. I, I don't tend to look at that. I mean, I tend to look at what I'm asked to do, and if I like it and I feel I can do it and do something well, you know, I do it. You know, I don't really worry about, gosh, I hope this comes off. So, you know, I've taken a lot of jobs that people would be like, why are you doing that? And it's like, I don't know, it just spoke to me. I like it and I want to do it, you know. That's just kind of how I yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So you mentioned family. So have you encouraged mm-hmm. your kids to act? You know, I had not until recently. My son, who my son uh, John Walker Landgraf, we call him Walker, uh, his, he's at NYU, and he's at Tisch. He's in the music school. And he got asked by a couple of friends to do their short film, and he sort of, you know, he came to me and said, what do I do with this? And we did it. He's just very natural, and so... Yeah, he just kind of did it. He just kind of did it, and I was kind—I I was a little bit shocked by him. So he's, you know, going to take classes, and he wants to act more now. And he says, "Mom, it's really fun. It's challenging, and I—I I like it." You know, and I said, "Well, by all means." You know, I—I I had never 
introduce my kids to acting. I don't, you know, I, I want my kids to be who they are. And if they fall into it and they want to be in it, then great. If they don't, I, I really don't talk about it much. You know, I am very much their mom and not their, you know, I'm not there to tell them what to do or who they should be or why they should do this, but I, I will support them if they want. But, you know, this was, came off strange because they were like, oh, yeah, you're acting. Oh, that's fun. Okay, cool. You know, I don't think much of it, you know. I just think if he wants yeah. to do it, great. Do it. <laughs> I feel like the same way if he was a plumber, you know what I mean? It's like if he wants to be a plumber, if he wants to be a musician, or, you know, he wants to be, you know, it's your job as a parent to go, good, do it, you know, I'm proud of you. There you go. There you go. Sounds like a tip off the old block. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. I guess. I, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I hope he has fun. That's all. There you go. There you go. Who's been some of your favorite co-stars over the years? A lot of favorite co-stars. I've worked with Peter O'Toole. I worked with Sandy Bullock. I've worked with Robert Davi, who I thought was a hoot, was hilarious. I've worked with um, <laughs> Katie Seagal. I've worked with Adam Scott, Tim Decay. Um, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme was really fun. I like it. I pretty much get along with everybody. You know, you got to go a long way to make me not like you. Um, and I've had <laughs> a lot of fun with everybody, you know. I've, I've been really lucky. I've uh, I've just really enjoyed the people that I meet on the set. And it's a, you know, it's a... It's a group effort, and we all tend to pull together. I've worked with some really good actors. I've been, you know, very fortunate. All right, all right. So yeah. how is your documentary doing? Norman, where are you? Uh, for Norman, wherever you are. That came out in 2005, and it has, like, a little bit of a cult following, and people said that it helped change laws in the United States, or in Los Angeles County anyway. I'm sorry, United, uh, not United States. Um, the laws uh, dealing with foster kids, and they brought in more wraparound services into the L.A. County area after the film came out. It's been used as a teaching uh, tool in colleges on the East Coast. Um, oh, nice. And, you know, it's been, it was a real hard thing to do, and it was a labor of love. And, um, you know, I loved it. It's on my Facebook page, and it's also on AllieWalker.com if you want to see it. Um, and, you know, it's been, it's been made me... You know, it's a very personal story, and I, you know, found this mother and baby, and uh, the baby was taken into the system, and it was a very kind of harrowing thing to go through, and eye-opening, because these kids really suffer. I mean, these families really suffer, and there are a lot of good foster parents and a lot of good people trying to help, but it is a very, very difficult situation, and there's a lot of money thrown at it, and a lot of these kids have much worse results after coming out of foster care. So it's a, it's a story that needed to be told, I think, and I think it's continuing to be told. I, I see a lot of things on it now. And, you know, we just have to, you know, awareness is always the, the, the key. You've got to be aware because if that yeah. day can be, I guarantee you, there are those who have it far worse than you. And, you know, that's about the best I ever felt, actually, because I felt like I was doing something that really meant something to, to help yeah. other beings. And, too. and, you know, that, that, that you know, I... I always applaud Angelina Jolie, you know, whatever you may think of her personally or whatever. I, I don't know what the tabloid, you know, fodder is or whatever. But I have to tell you, somebody like that who goes out and tirelessly helps and raises awareness and brings awareness to people who are, who are being abused or hurt or don't have a fair shot, you know, they just have respect for. I have so much for respect for the people who are actively trying to help in the system. And for these kids, they're the best people I met. You know, I used to say it's the best people. 
Los Angeles, you know, because they're just really good people, and they deserve they deserve our help, and they deserve a, a better shake than they're getting. And, uh, you know, I'm going to continue to do more work with it. I do silently now. You know, I, I help and do what I can. Um, and I probably will go and do another documentary, a follow-up documentary. I've been saying threatening after a while now, but I think I will do that sooner than later. And we'll see what happens. It's just a very sad situation. And, yeah. you know, there's so much about DACA, and, and, and deservedly so, but there needs to be an outcry for these kids and, you know, what they're mm. doing in these situations. And we've got to all, you know, everybody's trying, but I think we all need to come together and make it better. Yeah, you got that right. Yeah, documented, documentaries are very, very powerful, very powerful. And I'm going to kind of yeah. take a little bit of a left turn and um, talk about something that's somewhat controversial is um, your take on some of the Hollywood harassment scandals that's been going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I think it's great. I mean, I think it's great that these people are standing up for themselves. They're finding their voice. You see it in the gymnastics world. You're seeing it all over that women – you know, if there's anything that that happened throughout this rough couple of years that we've had or year, God, it seems like a decade. But uh, I think yeah, I think women are really starting to stand up and go, no, this is not the way we do business. This is not right. We're tired of it. You know, I mean, I don't know any actress or any woman actually. It, it's very hard to find a woman in the world, I think, who hasn't dealt with harassment, who hasn't dealt with. And it's not so much, it doesn't even need to be in the form of sexual harassment, you know. It can be in the form of just being treated as a second-class citizen or overlooked or paid less or treated like, you know, they don't count because of their sex, you know. And I just think it's all part and parcel of this, you know, sort of age-old system that we all bought into and that we all absolutely have to change. But I'm really proud of the women who've come out and who, you know, told their stories. I was listening to the judge sentence the doctor you know, uh, today for sexually molesting all those little girls in the, the gymnastics team. And, you know, it, it was horrifying, you know. It was just horrifying. But there's so much pedophilia and there's so much harassment. You know, harassment of anyone, male or female, you know, should not be tolerated. It should just not be tolerated. And unfortunately with women, it's kind of part and parcel of doing business in many areas. And, and you know, I'm really, I'm really happy, and I think that this is a huge moment, a huge moment. You know, look at the world. Look at how women are treated yeah. in the world. You know, it, it's pretty astonishing. You know, and I don't know. I just, it, it's, it's like it's, it's whether you're African American, gay, female, there is no difference. There is no difference. You're a human being. You have a, a God-given right to. to get through your life without being treated as if, you know, because of your differences, it's deserved. And I, I'm really proud of the women who are doing this and spearheading this and changing, you know. So, it's great. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I have nothing else to add to that. Oh, okay, yeah. And, Alex, talk a little bit about the, like, pay disparities, because I know there's been some uh, some uh, actresses oh, in the, the news that have uh, – yeah, run into that, okay. yeah. Well, yeah, I just had a conversation with someone who's pretty well-known, and I was asking her about, you know, how things were on her show and everything, and, you know, she said, fine, you know, it just pisses me off that the male counterpart that she worked with was making considerably more. And these two people huh. have standing, about the same standing, you know, 
in, in the marketplace. And I just was like, you're kidding me. And uh, she said no. And I was a little shocked by that, you know, and I've heard it time and time again from women in film and women, women in TV that, you know, they are paid much less. Now, I don't, I don't look into what other people are paid. I've never asked anybody what they're paid. You know, I know that on Profiler, you know, that didn't happen, um, you know, but it, it happens, you know, it's pretty, pretty standard, I think. So it's sad, you know, again, people aren't looked at on as people. You're lucky you're getting this, you know. I I just think it's in every area, though, of women. You know, I long for the days. It was so fun in the 40s, you know, 30s and 40s, when there were all those great female-driven movies, you know, the Mildred Pierce and, you know, know, bringing up big, like these great, thought-out characters, you know, that, that, uh, and I think we're seeing it more and more again, especially in TV, you know. I've always, people have always asked me, you know, why did, you know, I was told not to do TV and hearing actors. Consistently, do not do TV. They actually got mad at me when I accepted the role. On well, not mad, but they were disappointed. So I, I went from Universal Soldier and Singles to Moon Over Miami, which was a TV series. And my, I remember my agent saying, "You know, why are you doing that? That's not a good news." And I thought, because the character's better than the stuff I'm reading in film, you know. And it's just, I think it's too hard, you know. I think look, it's just, you know, equal rights amendment didn't pass, and equal pay. It, it, that's just shocking in this country, in this age, that we still have that out there? That's, that's un, unreal, you know? And, and you have how many more single moms? And, and who do you know yeah. that has, you know, just the father bringing home the paycheck? Why is that? It's always a two-income household now to make ends meet. Why is that happening, you know? I just don't get it. Mm. So I think, I think these are relevant questions and these are relevant times, and I think that things are changing. I think people have you know, especially where there's harassment, but also where there's just this kind of inequality for the same job. I think people are just like, well, why? Explain to me why I get less. Explain to me why supporting my family isn't as important as someone else supporting their yeah. family. You know, so right. I think it's important. I think it's important. You know, I, 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 you know, I don't, I don't think women should be men, but I think if they're doing the same job as a guy and they're, you know, doing it well, well, they should be paid for that, shouldn't they? Um, oh yeah, so absolutely. We'll see what happens. I really don't know what's going to happen with all of this, but it's it's an interesting time we live in. A lot of bad stuff, but I think there's some really good stuff coming out of it. Absolutely, no doubt, no doubt. So yeah, I'm going to move toward the uh, the fun part of the interview. We kind of ask some whimsical kind <laughs> of questions part, yeah. and. <laughs> uh-huh. Kind of make you think That's a little fun. bit. Um, I'll start with an easier one. So talk about some of the hobbies uh, that you explore on evenings and weekends. You know, I love to take dance classes. I started dancing again just for fun, and I love taking <laughs> dance classes. I have three dogs, and I go with my kids, and I walk my dogs, and I hang, and I hike with them. Um, I love to write. I write a lot. Um, I like to paint. Really? And, draw, and Yeah. Yeah, I love to just create anything, you know. I just love to create. So I do a lot of things huh. like that. You know, I'm with my kids a lot, you know. There's volleyball, there's tennis, there's karate, there's, you know, soccer. There's a lot of stuff going on in my house. And I, I like, <laughs> frankly, I like being with my family. I like being with my boys, you know. They're, they're the best thing that's ever happened to me. And they're, you know, they make my life really happy. So I'm, I do a lot with them. They're, they're pretty much it for me. They're my hobby. <laughs> 
Seen them all. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. But I mean, yeah. do you write like in a journal, or are you kind of writing screenplays or books or poems? Or? I write short stories. I'd like to write a script. I mean, I'd like a book. I've written a few scripts. I just, you know, I write poetry sometimes. I jot it down in a journal. Yeah, you know, I just like to do different things, whatever nice. you feel. I think it's just really important. I, I've been journaling since I was a kid, you know. It, it helped me through a lot of tough things in my life, and I traveled around the world by myself uh, when I was younger, and I did a lot of traveling, and I... I love looking back at those those journals, you know, and going, oh, wow, you know, I was, you know, I was alone and, you know, Tel Aviv and, you know, this, it's like these great experiences. I was like, surfing off the coast of Australia and, you know, I was working in Japan, you know, it's like some great stuff, you know, it's fun to go back and look at everything you've done and it also kind of sorts out all your stuff, you know, I always feel like when I talk to myself by writing, I kind of get a lot out. Hmm. Interesting. What were some of your favorite yeah. foreign cities to visit well I always loved Paris whenever I could scrap you know enough money together I'd get on over there and just hang out in London I love Europe I really love the I love the you know the it's it's old and they kind of know how to live they live a little bit better they work to live there they don't live to work there you know um so I love (laughs) Europe I I absolutely love Australia Sydney's beautiful but I love Perth I lived in Perth for a couple months of Australia, and I just loved it. Um, and nice. I've loved a lot of places. I love Rio de Janeiro. I've been down there. I love Santiago and Puerto Montt in Chile. And there's a lot of places. There's a lot of great people in the world. And in traveling and being young, I was allowed to kind of meet a lot of great people. And, you know, it's fun. Very fun. Nice. Nice. Hang on a second. Okay, I have, a, I have a... N- Another hypothetical uh, hypothetical question. So, what topic would you pick if you had to give a TED talk? Uh, let me think about that. Um, <laughs> I, have a TED talk. I think that I would do it. Whew. I think I would do it about art and how art can heal your life. Nice. And, um, I think that art has, being an artist for me, has allowed me to feel a lot less loneliness and to express myself in a way that, you know, I was a scientist before I was an artist. And I, I was never really that happy. And I could never, I mean, I could do it. I was very, I was pretty good at it. Not as good as I should have been, probably. If I'd paid attention, I probably would have done better. But um, I just think art creating, expressing who you are, has really been life transformative for me, and I think it is for everyone. So, you know, I'd probably talk about acting and how that, writing and how that helped me. You know, just I'm a pretty, you know, middle-class kid who, you know, took a chance and seemed to have paid off. So, there you go. That's (laughs) great. There you go. There you go. Okay, so this one will make you think a little bit. What's a useful uh-huh. failure or setback that you've learned from recently? That I've learned from recently? Or even even not so recent. Well, they really wanted me to go in and read for friends, and they said, we won't even make you read for the producers. We'll take you to the network. And I didn't like the script. <laughs> and 
I, you know, they were very nice to me, and I think I could have done really well. And it just, I think I learned from that when I saw it that I was right. I wouldn't have done a, as good a job as any of those women, and that my life's path is my life's path. And, you know, it seemed like a setback at the time, but it wasn't. It was just, that's not you. So everybody who's out there auditioning for things and getting really bummed that you don't get them, you know, that wasn't for you. It's not your part. It's not your life. That's not your path. I don't think, you know, I kind of kicked myself a lot for doing things like that. And I kept thinking, you know, oh, it's stupid. I've made the wrong choice. I shouldn't be doing it. But I've done okay. And I'm actually pretty happy about where I am. So I think that, for me, allowed me to go, yeah, you know, that's okay. I'm actually enjoying this kind of, you know, I'm my age and I have a really nice career and it just keeps going and exactly what I set out to do, which is to be a many, many different characters. And um, I'm pretty happy for that chance. That's great. Yeah, I like your attitude, Allie, because it's like, you know, it's your path. You're not worried about, you know, the fact that the show blew up and you know, all this kind of thing. It's like it's your, it's where you were meant to be. Yeah, it's just not for you. Some, some, you know, your path is your path. And where you are in that moment is where you are in that moment. So I've really kind of taken that as a really good life lesson and not compared myself to others and not, you know, I really try not to get down on myself about things that are really not meant to be. Fantastic. So what advice would you give to your younger self? (laughs) I'd say be easier on yourself and have more fun. (laughs) You know, be easy on yourself and have more fun. I was a very intense young woman. And uh, I think I could have had, you know, I I mean, I did travel a lot, which was great, but I think I could have been easier on myself and probably others as I was doing it, as I was doing the work. So, (laughs) you know, I was always very intense about the work. So I think it, you know, got to take it a little bit laid back and a little bit better. Yeah, learn how to live a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah. That's the key. That's right. What are some of your favorite books? Oh, my God. You know, I, I'm going to tell you, the best book, I, I read a book about, God, it was a long time ago now. Um, and it's this young woman who wrote it, and I haven't read anything of her since. And I don't read a lot now because, uh, because of my kids, and I'm just always reading scripts and stuff. But I read this, this book, which is really interesting, called The History of, of, a History of Love. And I remember thinking that was such an amazing book, and it was so beautifully written. I don't know if I'd still feel the same now, but I loved it at the time. Um, I'm reading about Georgie O'Keefe again, because she's been a great, I love Georgie O'Keefe's work. Um, I'm reading more autobiographies now. Uh, as I get older, I tend to enjoy those more. Um, yeah. There's one about Picasso that I bought, and there's one um, really into artists right now. I, I, I just really, you know, the whole uh, artist, so... <laughs> be able to find art, painting, and it's just so amazing and so something that I really want to try to do as I get older because I just, you know, I just have always have this longing to, to do things I don't know how to do, and I'm pretty bad at it, but I still like to try it. Yeah, that's the challenge. That's the challenge to learn about it. Okay, so about to yeah. wrap up here, so is there anything else you want to 
uh, say or request of the audience or anything else you want to put out there? I want you to go watch my movie Sex Death Bowling on Netflix. <laughs> it's a great little movie. And stay tuned for Ghosted and please watch Colony. And those are my plugs for the evening. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Okay, Allie, it's uh, been a pleasure as always. Uh, yeah, I think I learned really a lot nice tonight. We had fun. Oh, thank you Fantastic. so much for, for having me. All right. Absolutely. Okay. Take, take care. Luck. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, folks. Remember to do something for your career every single day and break a leg. night. Under the dark you pacify me Hold my breath Take me down, I won't fight Beat on my heart, you drum inside me Somewhere my death Makes a sound no one can find I never met anyone like you You did. 